Hello. Um, welcome back. Another Thursday, another episode. I hope you enjoyed last week with um, with Caitlin Scarlett. This week, I, I'm talking to Aaron, who I met out in LA when I was writing and producing out there. Um, we we had a session, we, we got on and have stayed in touch. I've written a couple of his tunes up for my blog. And um, yeah, he's got a really interesting kind of guitar sound. Um, got some kind of Arctic Monkeys strokes, vibes in there. Um, but very contemporary melodies, really, really cool visuals. Um, I think you guys will will really like this one. We talked about a, a load of things, including, you know, he, he's just moved to LA, so we spoke about that. And um, yeah, let me let me know how you like this one. Um, don't forget to subscribe, follow us, um, check us out on Twitter at SongmakersPod, and I'm on Instagram at LexLowFM. Okay, guys, enjoy this one. Hey, man. How's it going? Good. How are you? Terrific. Terrific. Staying safe. Just, just beautiful out here in sunny California. <laughs> How long ago did you move to LA? Cause you were in New York. Yeah, I was in New York for about four years, and then about a year ago, I moved to Echo Park. However, um, I've only really been here four months of the last year because I was traveling a bunch. But okay, it's home now. It's, does it re- really feels like home, does it? You know, it does, mostly because, like I mentioned before, I live with two really great, you know, friends. So, yeah, the dog. So it does it does feel like home at this point. That's great. Um, how, how are you feeling like, is there anything that you miss about New York that you wish you could transport into L.A.? It's funny you uh, ask that because I love L.A. for many reasons, but the the bagels out here are trash <laughs> you can't really get one of my favorite breakfasts is a bacon egg and cheese and yeah they just they don't even cook eggs out here they just microwave them so that's <laughs> so actually during quarantine my room and i my roommate and i discovered this site called gold belly this is not a plug this is literally <laughs> and and we've been ordering bagels from new york no way so literally Yes, we've been transporting my favorite thing about New York to LA. So that's amazing. The the best bagel I had in LA, and this is, I mean, it's not really a ringing endorsement, but it was um, Sam's Bagels in Larchmont. Okay, that was like that was like the closest I I got to thinking this is this is pretty good. Yeah, check out well when you can, unless they deliver or Uber Eats or whatever. Check out Sam's Bagels. Yeah. That's okay. It down in Larchmont. When we run out, because we got about sixty sitting in our fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um, okay, so first question is tell us a secret that listeners might not fa- find out if they weren't listening now. Mm, a secret. Yeah. I am uh well, I guess it's not a secret, but I'm a huge fisherman. <laughs> is that right? Uh, yeah, a really random fact i grew up on the east coast on like the ocean area so besides people probably know uh if they've read stuff that i'm i was a huge soccer player football to you you know right yeah up but you know i wanted to be a professional soccer player that was my big thing but i'd say to relax and like chill i love fishing amazing 
catch and release. Amazing. You know, keep them if they're good eating. You know, eat what you catch, but don't want to piss Pete off or anything. But you know. <laughs> is that good fishing out in LA? You know what? I've been th- I've thought about doing it, but I just never have. My right. dad, yeah. tells he was here once and he said there was amazing fishing like on the piers. But I think at this point, you know, like stuff's fished out, unfortunately, unless you get. Yeah. But, you know, one of the best things to do is get on a, one of those charter boats with your buddies, bring a bunch of beers, you know, have a have a day, make a day out of it. Nice, man. Nice. Um, Simple guy. Did you, did you do that when you were gr- when you were growing up? Is that how you got into it? Yeah, I mean, my dad, I mean, it's straight up, you know, classic. Your dad teaches you. And that's how him and I bond, I suppose. So, you know, every all summer, I usually, you know, even though I'm out here now, I usually try to go back for the summer to, well, my dad, like, gives me shit uh, if I, <laughs> so he's like, he's, he's such a chill guy. But when it comes to, like, fishing, he's like, you better you better come back. Like we're going fishing like all summer. I was like, okay, if I could swing it. And then when I'm home, like I'm working on songs, he's like, we got to go. So like, it's, it's pretty funny to, you know, uh, to see him switch like that, but it's, he's all business when it comes to fishing. <laughs> he's all business. Um, do you, do you remember when you, when you were growing, where, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in New York? No. So I grew up about two hours East of New York. Um, in, a suburb of New Haven, Connecticut, um, which not many people know about, but, uh, yeah, I mean, New Haven's got Yale and some other cool stuff. So not a bad little city, not a bad city. Do you, do you remember what kind of, what music there was around in New Haven at the time, like culture wise that, that started piquing your interest? Yeah. So, I mean, okay. So like, there's two answers to this. One, one is that the music culture and stuff out there is really not great. Maybe it's improved, especially because, you know, when I was in high school, there wasn't Instagram and things like that, that like culture could, you could, you, you could reach culture easily. Right. So a little bit of a bubble. Um, uh, and my taste in music was really just what was on the radio. And um, I really only listened to rap when I was little, like <laughs> still my favorite, one of my favorite albums, 50 Cent, Get Rich or Dead Trying. So like, I remember discovering like rock music and stuff when I was 14 and 15. And that kind of changed the course of how I wanted to make music. That's a different story. But in terms of the, the short answer is there's there's really not much going on in Connecticut and a lot of cover bands, you know, um, stuff like that. Not, not too much cool original content. Right. Um, now, the flip side is that New Haven um, does have a decent live music scene, even if it is like covers and stuff. So I would grow up you know, when I formed a band in high school, we would actually get the opportunity to play in New Haven a bunch. There's this one venue called Toad's Place, which has a special place <laughs> in my heart um, because we opened there a bunch and there were de- pretty big crowds, honestly, for, you know, Sublime cover bands and The Doors cover bands and stuff like that. So that was like the highlight is bringing all like your friends out to your show and 
going out and and stuff like that so there is a decent little scene but in terms of original music it's never really been a hot spot so did you kind of what you said that you kind of started getting into rock music i'm only asking because i guess your music is is guitar music right that's the music you make and what was the kind of what was your entry into that were you transporting music from overseas elsewhere in america yeah so kind of there's a really short answer to this is that arctic monkeys i (laughs) i i mean i had listened casually to the classics of the early 2000s mid 2000s you know red hot chili peppers bands like death climb the classics of that era and i liked it but it didn't really resonate as much as uh, some rap and then i remember reading an article in I think it was Rolling Stone uh, about Arctic Monkeys. And for some reason, I was just like, okay, I want to check this out. And probably like a lot of younger people at that time, they listened. They were like, whoa, this is really cool. This is different. You know, he was, Alex Turner was singing like uh, almost rapping. Like, like yeah. the content wasn't, it was just different. It was a different approach to guitar music. And uh, it really connected with me. And like pretty much immediately, I was now going back to older records and wanting to pick up a guitar again. Um, And uh, it just made seem like being in a band the coolest thing, you know? What was your first? What was your first experience of making music? Was it was it like a school band that that kind of vibe? Yeah. So I mean, my dad. Um, there was this guy who owed my dad money, and <laughs> and he couldn't pay him, so he had a like a pawn shop sort of thing. So uh, he gave him a guitar, and so um, when I was like six or seven, I got this guitar. And I took, they, they like, you know, like a lot of parents do, they're like, oh, you need to get lessons. So I took maybe a handful of lessons and didn't really like it. And then kind of played in middle school in like a little band, but didn't, it didn't catch on because I was playing like other people's music. And then I think with the Arctic Monkeys since around that time, I re-picked it up and was like, oh, I can be creative with this and make my own music. And that's when it really connected. And uh, I, I think my first inclination when I picked up a guitar was to start writing and making a song. And I think once I realized that that was um, the reason I like music was having fun with it and making your own stuff, then it just all made sense. Can you, can you remember what that first guitar was? Yeah, it was not any brand. You know what? It, this is a sore subject because <laughs> I love that guitar. It was a really random, it was some random brand. It wasn't like Fender yeah. or anything like that. It was like, it, the best thing I can relate it to is one of those Jack White guitars where it was red and white and just looks super sweet and vintage. And like the pickup 
looked kind of like a cheese grater. Uh, <laughs> it was like one of those guitars you that's a conversation piece that you just want to have. And I lost it. I, no way. I, I shot a music video uh, with my band at the time and somehow it got left. So it's really tragic. Um, no. but where, where, where were you shooting the video in New York? This was before I was putting on stuff as my name. Um, and I went to Vassar College, which is upstate New York, and uh, we were shooting there. And the video never even came out. So that's tragic. But the only the only sort of full circle thing is I, Fender, um, shout out Fender, sent me a guitar um, last year and I picked a red one that looked really close to it. So it's kind of like the spirit of my old one <laughs> it's like the it's like a kind of an adult version of your old one there we go there we go actually playable yeah i had i remember having one of those you know you get the like those shit uh starter pack kind of like i i bought a guitar an amp i think it came with like i don't know some jack cables and maybe something else and um the whole thing was like 70 pounds right yeah. so that's like a hundred dollars nothing and it was I mean, it was branded, but it was brandless. It was like Johnson or something. And I remember thinking at the time, I, I really liked that guitar. Like you like, you know, you always, you want to keep your first guitar as long as possible. But it was it was not really a playable guitar. Like you couldn't really play it live. The tone was awful. So eventually it kind of just, I don't even know what happened to it. It like faded into the wind. But I did the same thing as you. I I bought a guitar later on that was that looked like that guitar but played much better a um in honor of the uh in honor of the fallen yeah yeah that's right (laughs) exactly um so was there was there a particular thing that prompted your move from new york to la because it's a I think it's a move that a lot of people think about making um, and don't end up making for whatever reason. I lived out in LA for a while and I moved from London, so it's a bit more of a move. But a lot of people, a lot of people think about moving to LA and, and never get there. Was there something that kind of pushed you over the edge and, and got you to to move? Um, I had lived in Brooklyn for four or five years. I would go out every couple months to LA and I knew that it was a move I wanted to make, but um, sort of the immediate catalyst was a breakup and that my lease was ending and it was just time. Uh, I I wanted to pull the trigger for a while, um, but I had gone to LA to play a show for a release show for my album that came out last year called birthday boy and at the show a friend of a friend came up to me and was like you know i have a i have a spot opening up in this house if you're interested and so i was like hmm, okay so <laughs> everything just it was like okay this is this is the time to do it um but i had wanted to move out for a while it just seemed like that was a good switch of pace and in terms of co-writing and collaboration um it doesn't really get better than here so no i mean it's pretty crazy isn't it i mean you can be writing you can be in an actual session every day you know like a a professional session every single day if you wanted to yeah i mean i would i would kind of um 
let's see, like, what am I trying to say? Like marathon when I'd come out for a week, I'd, I'd almost, you know, I'd like do two days and like, I'd go out and like, so my trips to LA were these fun, like crazy. I remember like at the end of one, just feeling like exhausted, drained, like creatively and just also from drinking and having fun. But, <laughs> but actually when I moved out here, um, I tried to keep that pace up and I just couldn't do it. So I, I got a little burnt out and then, um, you know, took a minute, but I think, um, I've, you know, I figured out more or less how I want to operate out here. Now I was away for like four months and I just got back in March. I was like, okay, can't wait to get back in sessions. Had like a week of that and then quarantine hit. <laughs> so Nightmare. Uh, it's been, it's, you know, that hasn't really been the case for the last two months, but still. Have you been able to write over the last, you know, like four or five weeks, or, or have you found it a bit of a struggle? So I've actually had a pretty good creative run. I, I with the music I make, about half of it, I just produce myself on Ableton and record in my little home setup and then send out for a mix. So I'm, I'm pretty self-sufficient. But um, in terms of co-writes, I haven't really, I haven't, been able to do much besides with people that we've already started ideas so we'll get on like a zoom call and and sort of like talk about lyrics or how we want to finish something but um starting an idea is definitely tough over facetime or zoom for me at least time it's i mean anything like it actually having a normal conversation is tough over zoom because you can't two people can't talk at the same time so it's not really conducive to a, a writing experience you know oh definitely not i mean and, and even some calls i've had with like distribution or labels or stuff over this time um if there's like three or four people on the phone someone starts to speak <laughs> and then i'm like uh, 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 like i'm trying to say something and then there's yeah. getting over and i feel like i'm sounding like an idiot so <laughs> it's tough it's uh not ideal but not you know can't complain too much um did you always know you were going to kind of do co-writes? Because I think a lot of people, I spoke to, we did an episode with Sam Seton. I don't know if you know yeah, much about Sam. Yeah. Okay. So um, I, so I met Sam. I, w I went out to New York and I, we hung out a bit and we'd been chatting a bit before. And um, he, he doesn't really do co-writes. It's not something that he feels is important to him. It's not something he wants to do. And it's not really something he values for his own music. Mm -hmm. um so i was wondering if if you always had the urge to write for other people and with other people for your project or if it, it was something that developed later uh definitely later i started with a band in high school as a lot of people probably do so i was used to collaborating and i liked that um then when I started working on my own first project, I really liked being able to control everything myself, learned how to produce, was totally in the home producer um, scenario, writing everything myself and mixing everything myself. And it was, um, it was, you know, it's tough just doing everything yourself. And, and I was doing a lot of things wrong. Um, I was lucky that earlier on, after I had kind of made my first iteration of what became my first EP, I met uh, my manager, Desi, who's who's currently my manager. And he sort of introduced me to the co-writing world. Um, and honestly, though, it took 
almost a year, year and a half to sort of figure out how to navigate co-writes for my own stuff because I was really excited to get into them and write. And I found it easy to do that and create stuff, but I wouldn't be creating something necessarily that I wanted to put out. Um, And so it just took a minute to figure out how to go into these sessions and come out of these sessions with something that I thought was usable for myself. Um, Selfishly, (laughs) but, uh, you know, uh, I think, yeah, I mean, that's the short answer is that I, I was always down to do them and I always wanted to just when it came to most of the sessions I was getting put in were for myself, like with a producer and a writer. Okay, let's let's maybe write a song for your project. Okay, let's do it. So it's just, you know, um, sometimes you never even finish a song. And um, then when you do, there's a good chance that it's not something you maybe fits with what you're trying to do. So it just took a while to figure out that process to have usable material for myself. But now I, I feel like I have a better grasp on uh, how to write for myself in those sessions. I think it's, re- I really like working with other people on their project. I haven't done that as much, but I want to be doing more of that where um, I'm writing with another artist or friend of mine and we're geared toward their stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of, uh, I, I think a lot of new writers, a lot of young writers and maybe to an extent, young producers get, stressed out at the beginning because not every session results in a song and 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 then the one like you said the ones that do do often don't result in a released song um and that's something you learn as you do more and more of it and it's something you just kind of get used to i guess but um i I mean you know we, we had a session yeah of course yeah and um it's just one of those things you know sometimes you've you've literally you've got like six hours and if you get to the end of the day and you don't have a song, you can't beat yourself up about it. Otherwise, you, you're going to get into like a, a writing spiral. Yeah, I, I well, I was going to say I just remembered my very first session my manager put me in um, was a by all standards, a session I probably shouldn't have gotten with a pretty big writer. And I remember being so nervous. And at the end of the session, we didn't have a song. And I was like stressed. I was like, oh, my God. I didn't make a song. Like, I wasted this opportunity. You know, this guy's not going to want to manage me. Uh, <laughs> uh, like I remember calling and like apologizing to him. And he's like, dude, it's chill. <laughs> so, you know, I guess I, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it is stressful at the beginning, especially if your expectations are high of yourself. Um, but that's just the way it goes. You know, as the way it goes. Hello, friend. <laughs> nice to meet you. Hello, friend. <laughs> nice to meet you. Hello, friend. <laughs> nice to meet you. Hello, friend. Do you now feel like? Uh, an artist who writes songs, an artist who is a songwriter or a songwriter with an artist project. Mm. What was the middle one? What do you call the middle one? 
<laughs> the middle one. A uh, an uh, I don't know what would you call the middle one. So basically, you're saying wait. Okay, so there's a spectrum, right? You're saying full artist. Yeah. And then center is artist and songwriter. Other side is. Yeah. Do you, essentially, do you feel do you feel like you're you're a songwriter who who has an artist project that they're nursing that 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 you want to do, but primarily the thing that you're passionate about is the writing the songs, or do you feel like this artist project is your main focus and it's, it's nice to write with other people, but right now that's, that's what you're concentrating on. Uh, definitely that one. I mean, I, first of, that's why I got into this is I wanted to make my own art and, um, you know, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what I want to say and how I want to say it. But uh, primarily, I mean, that's that's the focus. That's 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 the goal. Um, and, but, you know, on the flip side, I do enjoy writing with other people uh, and I want to do more of that. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is, you know, I am I am an artist first and foremost, but I think the process of the whole artist side of things um that i like the most is songwriting and i think that's why i was drawn into the whole thing because i was really like getting high writing off songs and so stoked when an idea was finished and spending hours and hours recording it and producing it and it felt like nothing and everything was just clicking and so that's my favorite part of the you know some people for instance like performing the most or yeah performing live uh i think what really drew, drew me in and keeps me going is the songwriting process and being very excited when an idea comes to fruition um so in that sense i guess i'm songwriter first but in terms of how i present those songs it's definitely with my my own uh, spin as my right you know what i mean yeah it, it like as a as a as someone who finds kind of pleasure in the act of songwriting in terms of your artist project i'm very much the same mm -hmm. that that thing is the the kind of i feel like is that's the pure form of being an artist for me is writing the music finishing a song and then everything else is the stuff that you, that you have to do to, to make the most of writing that song and it's nice to play live and everything but the song is is the thing um, do, do you feel, do you feel, or did you feel like when you entered the, the industry, the music industry, it, it was different to what you thought it was going to be as a songwriter, did you find the actual mechanism of being an artist and a songwriter different from, from what your expectations were? Yeah. So, I mean, I approached it very, as I'm sure a lot of people do very DIY approach. Right. Right. So my first um musings and creations, like I had mentioned, were me and Ableton recording, producing, everything at the same time. And so it wasn't actually until after I started getting into the industry that I realized that these were separated entities. Almost like my first songs, the what people say the production and the song itself were so intertwined that i didn't even think about them differently i i before like getting into the industry quote unquote like i 
didn't think of songs as these two sides. Like the idea that you could have a song that you wrote and then give to a producer and have different productions on it just was crazy to me because I, I thought of them as the same exact thing. Right. And so my first songs, I remember even uh, my manager maybe wanted to get someone to remix them not not like a actual remix but just someone even to take my stems and mix them and i we tried that and it just didn't even sound good because i had geared the mix as so integral to the song itself that it just didn't work so coming from that world and then going into sessions where you're giving a lot of power to other people and maybe multiple hands are touching it yeah. um, it was really foreign to me so um it like i like i said it took a while to figure out to separate the two and to make a song in the way that i was confident that um like now for instance when i make songs myself i really don't put on many effects or anything um because i have faith and i've done it enough where i know okay this is like done or this is this is finished or this will sound good when it has a mix on it. So right. um, it just took a while to get to that point because I was like mixing as I was writing and producing and uh, would sometimes m write the worst song <laughs> because I could get it to sound good versus taking the opposite approach. We're writing the best song. Okay. How do we make the best song cut through the most? I was like writing the song geared toward the mix. Right. But, and it was just, um, it created some interesting stuff, but in terms of, you know, the traditional songwriting process, that's just not it. <laughs> no, that's not it. And, and I think when, when you're also a producer or you produce, um, you, it's so easy to get mixed up. It's so easy to, for example, I just got a new laptop and mm. I've been doing this a while. I've been doing this like six years, seven years. And a, maybe longer that I don't how old am I even now um but but I got a new laptop and I I I had to re-download all my plugins right mm -hmm. and I bought some new plugins and some new synths and whatever and suddenly I've I'm down that rabbit hole again like I'm not a I I'm not engaging with the song you know I'm I'm finding a new synth and I'm thinking oh that might I might be able to make a song around that you know yeah, yeah. um yeah, so I th I think when you w when you begin, it's so easy to get yourself in that in in that frame of mind where whilst you're doing it, if you're producing at the same time, it's so easy to to suddenly find yourself nowhere near the song that you were that you were hoping to make. Yeah, I I uh, I've completely changed <laughs> it, it, over the last couple of years where I said I entered the game like that, and now I'm probably at least with i think of my friends who make music and stuff i know probably the least concerned about the sounds i choose almost like, <laughs> I, I, I used to really care about how my guitar was recorded through my amp and only use pedals you know now i just do di and sometimes yeah through pedals and just throw on effects uh to my to my guitarists disgust and okay um shout out alex um but yeah i've taken the really opposite approach now where i'm just making these songs i only start mixing or finishing songs that i really think are good 
Um, yeah, I think that just comes with time. I mean, I'll just say this one more time. Like, I think a lot of people who don't make music, you know, especially with rap and the ghostwriting sort of complaints and uh, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around because you hear an artist project, the way it's presented usually is this is this artist's words and thoughts and that's it. And, um, you know, you come to realize that there's a lot more, especially when you're in LA and doing the whole writing thing um, to how songs release. And I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's just, um, there's, there's a process behind it. The, uh, you just said like being in LA and doing the whole writing thing. And that is exactly what it feels like when you're there. Mm-hmm. I mean, y- you must know, cause you moved from New York. I know there are people who've been in LA a long time and kind of forget that this is the case, but LA is, is not really, it, it, it's not real life when you're there, you know, like nothing, it doesn't seem like anything's real. Um, you know, you're in a town that's geared towards three things and you're doing one of those things and, everyone there's doing it um i'd be interested to know since you started in new york how you feel the industry is is different in in la versus new york it was completely different from me moving from london and now having moved back to london i feel it even more but do do you have any kind of thoughts on on how that's different and and how you feel about that um yeah i mean it's super different um unless you're really top writer or something in New York, I don't think you could be busy every day doing that. Um, I think New York, especially now, I think there's a little, little reinvigoration of especially new younger artists. Um, that is cool to see. Um, but I think if you have a t- like there's a little community for me now, maybe like four years ago, there wasn't so much. Um, of course, like 10 years ago, it was thriving. But anyway, uh, <laughs> the um, yeah, I mean, the differences are kind of just just also just with terrain. You know, people have less space. There's less legitimate studios in that sense. Um, to me, at New York, there's there's a handful um, of really good artists and and if you're friends in in that community, I think you can really do well um, because you're collaborating with artists and people that are more friends. And then out here, it's more, you got everything you got, you got friends, you got, if you're, if you have a little stuff going on, you have publishers setting you up in meetings, you have, uh, I'm sorry, co-writes. it's just it's just it's like speed dating versus uh you know a, a long-term partner or a yeah <laughs> that so, is what la does feel like you're speed dating doesn't it you're 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 like your work is speed dating it does feel like that it doesn't feel like any i don't, I don't know if you feel like this but in la very rarely do do you meet someone else or or you're in a situation that you feel is meant is meant to last a long time. Right. Right. I mean, you know, rule of, I don't know what we call it, percentages, whatever. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if you do it enough, you'll find people that you click with. Yeah. And I have. And living with two people that I really like certainly helps having a dog, having a life outside of that. Um, 
And personally, I mean, this is a bigger talking point, I guess, but just uh, how I make music, it seems over the last couple of years is I go through um, times where I'm all about co-writing and I want to get in, in sessions and I'm almost make a, a couple singles or a project in that way. And then I'm like, okay, I'm done with that. I want to go back on my own and record my own, you know, do it on my own. And then I do that and I'm like, okay, I miss people. So I kind of fluctuate between the two. That's a good long chat. <laughs> Was there kind of, uh, do you remember having a particular challenge that you felt you faced when you moved to LA or, or kind of as, as you were emerging as a, essentially a professional musician, a professional artist and songwriter? Was there one thing that you remember thinking, I, I, I almost feel like I'm not going to do this anymore because I've got this obstacle in front of me? Um. I think, uh, yes and no. I think that probably a lot of artists will, uh, you know, connect with this. But I mean, I feel like to make it in this, especially if you don't blow up early on and you're kind of in it for the long slug, you have to have like this stupid, almost like irrational confidence in yourself deep <laughs> down that like you can do it. And so that kind of guides you through the whole process and through ups and downs. And I don't think I've ever lost that where I've been like, I want to stop making music. There's certainly been times where I've been less inspired and really disappointed that I'm not making the music I want to make. Um, and just down. Um, I think the biggest obstacle uh, going into music, and this is not LA specific, but anything is just the, the constant sort of rejection and um uh comparisons to other people that you see doing well uh and you know sort of what you had thought would be your trajectory um not panning out so there's a lot of like um coming to terms with letting go having everything in your control but nothing in your control right like yeah at the end of the day your total control of how you're presenting yourself and the music you're making and and that stuff's the stuff you really can control but then the flip side where the reception and how it's presented and what takes off and goes is pretty much not really in your control you know you can really be your best self in terms of how you market stuff and whether you're kind of savvy and networking with people and trying to meet the right team or how you get yourself out there. Sure. You know, like you, that's its own game, but um, just the disappointment of certain releases and things not panning out how you thought can really, it, you know, it would really get me down. So that would, that those would be my like worst points where I've been like, you know, not inspired and not happy um, and anxious just about the whole thing. Now, uh, but on the flip side, I haven't ever felt like I don't want to do this anymore just because I right. so much. But it is tough uh, 
you know, and I think maybe songwriters and artists and stuff don't give themselves enough credit. Like I remember even at the beginning, like being scared to call a venue in high school to ask if I could play. It could be like, Oh, they don't think I'm good enough. And it's like, like I've had to do that a million times since then in different ways. And mm-hmm. you, you get used to not getting responses and stuff and you just keep going. So I think honestly, it's a great, you know, character building exercise to be a songwriter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so, uh, you know, there's so much rejection and I don't think there's anyone that does and anyone, anyone who's successful or, or kind of makes a living out of it or, or is beginning. I don't think there's anyone that hasn't had to roll with a couple of punches along the way, you know, and just kind of, you know, just absorb the body blows and, <laughs> and save yourself for later. Um, and that can be that can be really tough on people. And you see, especially in LA, you see a lot of people kind of one year, two years, and then they're out. And and you really have to find your place. You know, you have to find how you deal with those things. Um, yeah, I, I I have I always say this. Um, I have I think even more respect in some ways for just songwriters who don't have their artist project, right? Because at the end of the day. I can release a song because I have agency too, and I've established like an artist career. But for songwriters like who just are doing songwriting with other people and hoping for cuts, um, you don't even have that agency to really put things out. So you're just you're constantly kind of waiting and hoping someone else does. So there's that added le- layer of uncertainty. And yeah, man, what what a tough life. I could I couldn't imagine just being. I mean, first of all, you're not making as probably not making as much money, unless you're like ser- like a high flying serious massive writer who's getting cuts on, you know, like Bieber albums and stuff like that. It's tough to make the money, and I think that part of that is that you you really don't have any control. You've got no control over the the release funnel, and that must be really difficult. I think that's why you why you see a lot more songwriters who maybe 10 years ago would would not have had artist projects at least have kind of i don't know you know like streaming projects they're not explicitly touring they're not playing live but they have an avenue by which to kind of get that frustration point out you know at least get some stuff out yeah i mean why not Uh, the the barrier to releasing music and distributing is so low now that you know just the access is there so if you're a songwriter and you have at least some direction with how you want to convey your art, why not? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The barrier to entry now is, is basically non-existent. You know, I mean, aside from having the privilege of being able to spend the time on that thing and not necessarily worry about the, the opportunity cost, which is not spending time doing something that's actually, you know, bringing you money Right. at the time but that in terms of the actual mechanisms of it it's it's any anyone can do release music you know yeah, i mean a lot of i keep hearing um especially over the last couple of years uh just sort of and i agree with this uh it's just sort of the rising middle class musician sort of status where uh democratizing um the industry so that a lot of people now will be emerging who aren't rock stars but also aren't 
you know, like just hobbyists. They're somewhere in the middle. Right. You know, I'm getting like a side income from this actually. And, but you know, I'm not, you know, like it, it's almost like a, a, a continuation of the gig economy where, yeah, you know, this is my, this is my side hustle. I'm not saying me personally, cause I'm full in, but <laughs> saying that I'm sure people are looking at it like that. Like, yeah, I'll throw up some stuff. Hope it works. Maybe it does. Maybe I make a couple hundred bucks a month from streaming and there you go. Yeah. It's fun. So, yeah, I mean, you know, if you do, if you do 10, if, if you have a hundred percent of your master and you do 10 million streams, you know, you're doing $40,000 around, maybe slightly less, around $40,000. And, you know, like that's that's a, a yearly salary, you yeah. know? So like be, being able to to do that from essentially the comfort of your own home and there's a whole load of stuff that goes into that and, and making an artist project a success that exists outside of your your bedroom. But, you know, it is possible for people to start a career without necessarily being jobbing musicians at the time. Yeah. And that's changed even since I've released music. You know, I, I put out my first stuff in 2015. I didn't even put it on Spotify or any streaming because I didn't really think it was important. It was all about you're trying, to, you're trying to kick up hype machine. Yeah. It's all SoundCloud and hype machine and like, yeah. and I wasn't making any money. And now, you know, fast forward, it, that stuff is so not as important and I'm actually making money off music, <laughs> you know, like, so even just in the last couple of years, it's changed, I think, for the better so much. I think so too. Is 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 there one one thing that you, you would change about the industry? Is you know, if you had a magic wand and you could change one thing and it would never go back, is there something that, that you'd like to see the industry kind of catch up on? Maybe not technology wise or streaming wise, because I think the streaming stuff is obvious and it, it seems like the clear route forward and you know, I'm someone who kind of, you know, I don't mind the the relevance of TikTok and stuff. I don't, <laughs> it's actually a little, kind of fun. Uh, I would say just one thing, obviously it's frustrating uh, personally for me, but I, the sort of clout um, culture um, sort of, ethos of the industry where um it's all about you know a new sh i mean i get it but like the newest shiny thing is like drooling over and then um and then it's kind of forgotten about and uh that's hard to get out of and i find myself feeling like that too uh so it's only natural but it is kind of like I wish that it wasn't so, you know, even with just artists and stuff that I'm friends with, like if there's like, oh, I have like a, uh, more streaming or like a better uh, yeah. this scenario and like, okay, like now I'm in a different tier of uh, success and it's, you know, like, uh, I don't like know. It's a, like it's a competition. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, like I said, I'm not perfect. I'm certainly like, look at stuff that way too. And, but uh, it's just, I think that that's detrimental to the music and um, a lot of people making music. Um, it's just a, a little bit of that culture, I think, is, is 
not exactly healthy. No, I, I'd agree with that. If 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 you could, if you could go back to young Aaron, who's fishing with his dad, uh, and and give him a piece of advice, you know, something that you feel you wish someone had told you when you were beginning your journey as as a as a musician, what would that be? Um. Uh, just not to stress <laughs> just <laughs> do it but uh any you know have have your hopes and dreams and sort of have your like goals but be fluid with it don't don't stick exactly to your expectations because there's a million ways it could pan out so uh, the balance aspect of expectations but also just keep going forward so like yeah i guess that's what i would say that's good that's and good I probably, advice probably wouldn't listen to myself i'd probably say no like i know what I'm <laughs> but, i mean the number of times i've counted on my hand where i was like oh this is it now now i'm in like now oh like this is going to be the song or this is going to be the the look or whatever and it's just <laughs> nope next one <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, just don't get too wrapped up in certain things. It's 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 the marathon. It's not the sprint. You know, it really is a marathon. It really is a marathon. Are there are there any artists like emerging artists who are who are running the marathon that you feel like people should be keeping an eye on? Well, I mean, I'm friends with this guy, so I'm a little biased, but um, this sort of rapper singer Kari um I think is in it for the marathon and he's a true artist and he's really creating good stuff um and I respect it um and in terms of newer stuff I really like the artist Remy Wolf I think she's doing pop music in an interesting way and has everything dialed in in terms of like her visuals are like the glitchy kind of animation and the pop's super fun and she's presenting herself in a fun way, especially when a lot of the music dominating <clears throat> is, is kind of sad and sad boy stuff. Um, <laughs> it just feels fun. I think I'm actually inspired that the next step I'm working on is just going to be lighter kind of stuff like that. Yeah. I think it, you, you, I mean, if we're being honest, it's easy to write sad songs. Sad songs are easy to write and usually they sound pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to write like an, a good upbeat pop track that has guts. Yeah, exactly. It really is. Like there's so many things to write about. <laughs> why, yeah, exactly. why is it the same thing every time? I mean, I, I try to test myself like that. Obviously you fall back into writing love songs a lot, but um. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm trying to steer away from some of that. Is that's 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 a hard thing to do, you know. That's like that's the default setting when you open your laptop. Is I'm going to write a sad love song. It's the template. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Um, do you have a do you have a favorite venue out there? Um, I've seen a lot of cool emerging acts play at Moroccan Lounge. Uh, oh yeah, I think it's also just a fun hang, especially when you're going to see music because you got the the room and then you got the bar and the green. Like it's just 
it's a nice little fun setup. It feels it feels the most similar to uh, probably my favorite Brooklyn venue, which is Babies All Right. Um, that still is better than Rock Run Lounge. I mean, it's one I used to go to and play at. So I, I'd say I'd say Moroccan Lounge out here. Um, I mean, there's a lot of cool venues I've been to, but I've actually never played Moroccan Lounge. I, that's a goal for this year. Is well, if, if live music comes, yeah, back. if we get back there, yeah, yeah. Well, I I, I think I I don't know if you feel this way, but there's a lot of big rooms in LA. There's a lot of big empty rooms mm-hmm. and not a lot of kind of vibey venues you know like venues with that actually have a soul like that feel feel like somewhere to go yeah i i agree i i don't really have one i i i would say uh yeah i mean i guess moroccan lounge or uh oh there's this one gold diggers that i've been to a couple times that place feels very uh intimate and i've seen some cool shows there i would say that's probably my favorite like little vibey sort of you know uh thing yeah okay well we have arrived at flash quiz so i i'm gonna i'm gonna just go loose here and ask you you've got two options and you have you just have to go with your gut yeah mm-hmm. sure <laughs> sure okay uh east coast west coast east coast okay um that was that was quick well uh, you know from there you know i just you can't i can't switch up on them like that you can't say west coast otherwise you'd never be allowed back yeah that's right. yeah uh beetles or stones beetles nice okay uh uh lennon or mccartney this is tougher than you know in past i would have said heartbeat lennon i'm really i really fucks with paul i'll still say lennon why not yeah yeah, yeah. i you know uh, uh, every american i've asked has said lennon and every uh, english person i've asked has said mccartney really i don't know if that tells you anything but yeah i mean yeah uh I, I, yeah i mean it's close it really close for me but I, I would probably say Lennon. Um, melody or lyrics? Ooh. Uh, that's a tough one. I'll, I'll go with melody. I'll go with melody. Um, uh, Spotify or Apple Music? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to answer that one. That's like, a, that's like a career ender. Let's hope no editors are listening. But I mean, I use Spotify, so Spotify. Yeah, I, th- I think most people kind of digest music on spotify right i mean yeah i i I actually enjoy the app i think it's i think that they're changing it a lot and usually for the better so they're on their game uh as a user spotify yeah and and they have a good little they have like a good artist ecosystem i think yeah for sure yeah okay uh fender or gibson fender no competition is there I've just never really played them. You know, maybe one day I'll switch up on them, but I mean, I've had a Strat for like 12 years, so. I, I could that. never, I could never deal with the weight of a Les Paul, you know? You got a lift, baby. That's yeah. 
okay. like uh, the black metal singers that are playing like <laughs> you just got to be huge to to carry that thing around i just don't think they're not sexy i just don't think they're sexy yeah 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 i i kind of like i'm i'm not really a gearhead um you know my guitarist kind of points me in directions of cool stuff i mean um you know if i was to pick another guitar i'd get one of those hollow body big ass gretch probably I just oh, yeah they're classic looking and and uh something i've never had but yeah i, I mean maybe one day i'll get a less ball but who knows <laughs> okay um writing or playing live Ooh. i mean long-term writing but i just came back from a tour that i had a blast on and just the whole experience of playing every night and being with your friends and uh, it's in terms of just pure enjoyment it's hard to beat so actually right now in the moment i'm gonna say playing live especially because you can't do it it's a, it's addictive when it goes well yeah you know exactly yeah um okay strokes or arctic monkeys another really tough one but arctic monkeys okay um i, I did my research um taylor swift or kanye west uh kanye kanye no one's no one said Taylor Swift. Seventh episode. No one said Taylor Swift. Everyone said Kanye West. You know, I I've never really listened to Taylor Swift. I know she's a amazing songwriter. I just I just haven't. Uh, and Kanye is one of the reasons I make music. You know, I'm really disappointed with his behavior and his <laughs> now. Uh, but you know, I'm not going to stand here and uh, sort of deny that or say it's okay. But uh i still love his music so okay have you got um anything to plug to plug to plug uh today i put out one of my quarantine things is i put out a strip video each week so i just put out a strip video of my song bangs and venom today so uh check that out on youtube or instagram and i think with the whole covid thing i i've I was in the middle of an album release um, and I've sort of pushed that back. So probably expect a new song next month. Uh, but yeah, uh, just go check out the music and uh, stay safe. Sweet. All right, man. Thanks for that. Of course. Of course. Good chats. Yes. Yes, sir. All right, man. In a bit. Later. <laughs>